Yes, greetings. All of you in my umbrella, my inescapable 100,000 watt radio signal. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1 800 905 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And, of course, the podcast is available on the free Odyssey app. It don't cost nothing. Let's go to the phones. Pauline Inman, yes, sir. What can I do for you today? Hey, Bill. Um, I'm just trying to uh, uh, essentially uh, have a very lovely conversation with at least uh, 100,000 people, if we can <laughs> get that, uh, you know, that's why. Sure. Uh, that's the primary use why we use radio. And uh, believe me, where I come from, the radio was the first thing that was controlled completely by the government, so there was no other alternative Yes. Uh, while growing up. So uh, essentially what my uh, biggest uh, point of the, of the day is uh, we need to actually meet uh, people that need to they have the same ideas. They need to sit down together in some uh, neutral venue and discuss things that are on their minds, on their hearts. And their only way to do that is actually by getting the word out that, listen, we're meeting at this point, this date, on this date, and we're going to discuss a few things that everybody is uh, allowed to bring into the table. This is the beautiful part about it because we do not have a – process anymore of redressing our grievances that's the way i see it uh, you can sort of a low-tech a low-tech approach old no, school it's the old approach you, you meet on an ice sheet you see the other eskimo you get together and then you discuss who stole your sure fish. yeah it's yeah as simple as that yeah you know but i mean that's old school right right this is this is it that's that's the simplest form you can ever get uh, also the, the the open market of ideas that's another thing that we have to discuss this there's no two ways around it. We have tried petitioning, uh, shouting at our elected representatives in county, state level, you know, national, and nothing ever happens, nothing ever changes, and you just told to sit down and shut up. So we're trying to organize uh, some sort of an assembly, at least in Spartanburg County, perhaps in Greenville County or both, and then have a, a nice, lovely time at some table, probably in the, in the burger joint or hamburger or some, uh, you know, uh, barbecue issue stand just to get the ideas to the people that, listen, there are certain things we can do. So let's sit down and do that. That's See, that's a, gra- that's a grassroots today. approach. Grassroots always works. Grassroots always, always works. Bill, I don't have high-tech uh, satellite uh, networks, blah, 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 $3 billion in a budget to do that. Right. I have only one phone and one voice. Well, let me tell you a story, Paul. I'm going to tell you a story. I, I know this guy named uh, Tim Knight. Now, Tim Knight is a, uh, he's, he, he, he'd be the first one to tell you he's a trust fund baby, so he has the money to do things, but he also has the time. And Tim Knight and a few other guys, they saw something happening in Colorado where the senators of Colorado, when they were considering a, considering a gun control uh, law that they were going to pass, they put out the word that they were not going to listen to their constituents anymore. So Tim went to Colorado and got with a bunch of guys on the ground, and they got on the ground in a grassroots thing, probably meeting in a burger joint initially, and and getting their little talking points together and getting their action plan together. And then they went out door to door, knocking on doors and just presenting a point to people and recalled those three senators in Colorado, if you remember that. so, So what you're describing will work. It absolutely will work. But I have an idea for you to mull over, right? Uh, and uh, yes. this this just occurred to me as you were giving this presentation. What you ought to do with these things is uh, when 
just when you call in, just tell them it's Paul's point of the day. <laughs> Good one. Yes. You All like right. that? No so, problem. So, I, I mean, I do. so that's a, that's a splendid idea. I mean, we we tried that once before. It's called the Tea Party Movement. And look what that did. Yes, I remember those days. Yes, yeah. I, I was there. I, I remember every minute of it and how uh, what kind of broke my heart, we had to break Russell's uh, Castle's arm to do the speech of that, that, that thing. But he did it. He <laughs> relented. And it was beautiful. I was there. I threw some uh, Lipton right into the Reedy River. <laughs> very good, sir. Listen, beautiful. thanks very much for the call. Those are very, I mean, if you get that together, let me know. When you start doing that, let me know. Absolutely, let me know because that's that that's that's the way that grassroots will win. Uh, okay, so when Mulvaney was running, when he was running in two thousand and ten, he was behind in the uh, polls to, with Spratt, who was the incumbent, who I think was a Democrat. I know he was a Democrat. I think he'd been in Congress for twenty six years, and uh, the Americans for Prosperity think what you want to think about them. That particular time, they got out. With three weeks to go, and got on, got went door to door, and Mick Mulvaney wins. It will work. Grassroots will always work because grassroots is about real issues that affect real people like you and me and everybody out here who's not in government, and uh, that will work. And listen, the Republican status quo doesn't like it, and the Democrats don't like it, and the problem is, is that they governed by the consent of the governed and without said consent they're out the door that's the way that's supposed to work the the uh the power and the uh the strength of the incumbency that should become a thing of the past i mean okay so they can fundraise um tim knight and his band of merry men they went to, uh, and I can't remember if his name was Kevin Sweeney or Steve Sweeney. He was the president of the Senate. They went to try to overturn him in uh, in New Jersey. And when they got there, the people were very, very reluctant to come out and say, I'm against him. But then in the last, uh, was it 2020? I think it was the 2020 election. A truck driver with about $3,000, beat him. <laughs> and he beat him because he was a grassroots guy. He didn't have the money to buy advertising. He didn't have the money to dress nice. He just went door to door. He did a few things on video. It got out there. Um, Sweeney, Sweeney, Sweeney was like a, he was like a, you know, a labor boss with a ball bat. He, uh, One of his things he said is that there will be no concealed carry permits as long as I'm alive. Which is a very dangerous thing to say in certain cases. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we'll call that Paul's point because Paul makes some pretty good points. And that is an excellent point. The last thing they want you to do is to get together and agree. <laughs> to get together, like-minded people to get together and reach out to other like-minded people and become a bunch of like-minded people. Then you reach out to other like-minded people. Then you become a group. Then you become a voting block. And now things are going to get interesting. Because the Tea Party, and see, they've forgotten this. They have forgotten 2010. They have forgotten 2010. 
the Tea Party changed everything. And as soon as they changed everything, because of the intoxication of success, uh, the problem became, became that all of these grassroots people wanted to become pros. They loved it. It was great. It was stupendous. I went to, uh, I met Curtis Loftus at uh, Nikki Party's, Nikki Haley's victory party, which back then we, she, we, we thought she was conservative too. And uh, we were sitting there and he was talking about how great it felt to be a winner. Now, if you look at our government today, the only one left in that Tea Party group that went in there is Curtis Loftus. And that's because he does just a, a superb job as the state's treasurer. I've asked him before, why, did, why doesn't he run for governor? I would love to see you run for governor, Curtis Loftus. That would be stupendous. But he's the guy in control. He, he's the guy in charge of the wallet. So I kind of, I kind of see where he might be on that one. But uh, you know, when you get so intoxicated by success, you need you're not grassroots anymore. If you if you try to make it professional, there's not that many people that can actually stay in that lane. One of the best ones I know is a guy named Paul Valone, and he's in New York. Uh, he's in North Carolina. And he's getting ready to retire, so I don't know who's going to replace him. So, <laughs> oh goodness, we're going to talk about two disasters and two responses. How different they are. This is News Talk ninety-eight nine WORD. All right, let's push the buttons. Push the buttons. Push that button. Push this button. All the buttons are pushed. Good stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Good stuff. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I stream live on the WORD Facebook page. Podcast available. A lot of you wanted the podcast. I got we got the podcast available on the free Odyssey app. Don't cost nothing. Hurricane Katrina, August two thousand and five, eighteen hundred fatalities, one hundred billion dollars in property damage. And because there was a Republican president at the time, well, that was all his fault. And. Because it wasn't really all of his fault, they framed his response all based on one photograph. A photograph of him looking out of a window in a jet overhead looking down at what had happened to New Orleans. Now, never mind that there were people floating down the streets and people trapped on rooftops waving towels. Never mind that human suffering. Oh, no. It was because of Bush's lack of empathy that this was, this was a way to stick it to him. They didn't like him. They thought his election was illegitimate. Remember, 2000. 2000, remember, we were trying to figure out the, the emotional basis behind the hanging chad. What did they actually mean to do when they punched this hole in this card? They thought, uh, you know, this was the flood that sank him. 
They considered this to be a, a, a an embarrassment for him. And listen, I you know some of the stuff that he did, we we still feel the pain of the Homeland Security, the Patriot Act. Yeah, yeah. Not not a big fan of that. However, he did as much as anybody could have done. Party, party, party affiliation not being relevant. He did as much as he could have done with that. Then we have a raging wildfire in Maui, Hawaii. Because we let the invasive grass get there. We let a bunch of other stuff get there. High winds, dry conditions. Now, President Biden didn't do a flyover. He did a flyaway. He went on vacation while one of his states that he won by 30 points was on fire. He was in Delaware at the seaside. Then after he, he uh, spent a few hours on the beach sunbathing, because God knows man needs a tan, he replied, no comment about that. Signed a check for $40 billion to support Ukraine. And the Maui residents got no comment. Then they got a $700 stipend to address immediate needs, including water, food, and clothing. I'll tell you why that is in just a minute. Uh, I, why I think it is anyway. Uh, but refugees, read that to mean illegal immigrants, arriving in America received three times as much, 2125 in resettlement grants. How generous for the refugees, but not the American citizens. Now here's the reality of a disaster area a disaster area you literally can just leave the disaster area right that 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 is the most overly simplified thing i can possibly say about it that you can just leave the disaster area and i think they thought well seven hundred dollars they'll just go find a walmart and get a few things they'll be okay even though they just lost everything they own and maybe some people in the interim in the interim biden and uh, biden and dr jill they were at lake tahoe an 18 million dollar house belonging to tom steyer and biden has been president for two and a half years he's taken 367 days of vacation so he we can now call him vacation joe so he's actually only been at the helm of the ship that he's flying into the mountainside uh, for a year and a half, which is probably better than the two and a half years because we probably would just already have hit it. But what about when Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas had a rich friend who wanted him to be his guest, you know? And the media and the left are calling for his impeachment and imprisonment, but the Bidens get, and this is just, it's just all out there. It's just all out there now. It's, everybody sees this. New York Post did investigate and found the first family is renting the home for far market value. But is that the big guy's rate? Is, is somebody out there saying, well, the president wants to rent your house. How much is it going to be? See, I'd be out there. I'd be like, well, how much do I want for so I can retire? Now, when he finally went to Maui, to a disaster area, guess what? Roads were shut down. This is why Bush only flew over New Orleans and didn't go down there to get the photo ops, right? Uh, 
Bush was insensitive for not landing, but his security measures would have disrupted the rescue and cleanup effort. And Biden didn't have that issue. He just wanted to go down there and get a lay and a, and a sugar cone with, you know, some soft serves, waffle cone. And the corporate media ignored the disruption. But Biden channeled his inner Obama, of course, and he made everything about himself when it was never about himself, you know? It was never about himself. So, imagine if Bush compared Hurricane Katrina to a flooded basement in his home. Or something that happened in Kennebunkport. Imagine. Biden was out there talking about the hot ground. He fell asleep during a ceremony to honor those that were killed in it. They're already fact-checking that, too. They say, no, no, his eyes were open. But here's, here's the bottom line. Biden blew this one in. He blew this opportunity. He couldn't be bothered to help those he represents. I wonder if the, 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 good, if the good people of Hawaii have buyer's remorse over this. And that's because Biden's a Democrat. So he gets, he gets, he gets the pass in the, in the media. And Bush, a Republican, got far different treatment for his disaster response. Just imagine if it was Trump right now. What I don't understand is why they didn't bring the military out and let them help. The military exists daily in a state of misery. They know how to help people. They could roll in there and bring power and food and first aid and materials, manpower. I don't understand why that didn't happen. That's happened there before. That has happened there before because Hawaii's, you know, being an island, they get hit with a bunch of stuff. I can't imagine being on an island that's on fire. That would be horrible. And the media, as they try, as they try their very level best to get out there and, and make Biden fetch. Well, that just isn't going to happen. Biden's never going to be in vogue. He was never in vogue. He is an albatross. He is a big, stupid anvil hanging around the neck of the Democrats. I love it. I love this so. They have turned to Marxism. We see it. We recognize it. Let's do something about it. We'll have a chance very soon. There's a lot of trans women in women's jails. A lot, of them, a lot of them have one thing in common, too. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I, I think it needs to be said that I, I don't know the exact numbers of what's happening with this. I just know that it's happening. 
The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Plan Planning Text Line is 71307. Uh, streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, and you can find the podcast free on the free Odyssey app. Nothing costs nothing, at least in this particular case. Now, prisons are full of people that don't know how to control themselves already, okay? So what happens when you take somebody who has a proclivity for a certain type of crime and then he decides, well, I'm not actually a man. I'm a woman. And you, and this is happening in, in a... Uh, in a jurisdiction where they say, well, if you identify as a woman, we have to put you in a female facility. Now, what have we got? Now, we're just going to look at one place. We're going to look in Wisconsin. And what they found there is that Half of all prisoners who self-identify as a transgender woman behind bars, at least in part because they were convicted of sex crimes. Now, sex crimes in and of themselves are disturbing to me. A sex crime is so close to being a murder simply because it... There is no there is no more intimate contact, which is not really intimate. When I say intimate, this is hands-on. This isn't somebody that walks up and shoots somebody in the back of the head. This isn't even somebody that stabs somebody. This is somebody that not only is doing something that is heinous, but they're doing it and they're spending a little time doing it. That's a disturbed mind that's doing that. And they have found that 50.3% of transgender women in the state's prisons have been convicted of one or more counts found on the long list of sex crimes. And a lot of those involve children. And uh, there's something called the Heritage Foundation's Oversight Project. And they are, according to their documents, 161 men who believe they are women are housed in Wisconsin's prisons. 81 of them have been convicted of at least one count of sexual assault or sexual abuse. And included in this list of designators, sexual assault of a child, sexual exploitation of a child, trafficking of a child, bestiality, rape, sexual intercourse without consent, forced viewing of a sexual act, and many others. Now, one problem is that the Wisconsin Department of Corrections refuses to say whether they are housing transgender prisoners in women's facilities, and if so, how many of them they're doing this to. Now, the state, which, you know, very recently was sort of a red state, they're, they're sort of trending now on the progressive side, and they apparently don't draw that sort of distinction because they've bought into this trans women or women chanting craze. But we know that's happening. We've heard about it happening. Now, here's a stroll down memory lane. A convicted trans murderer in California has been found guilty of murdering a lesbian couple and their son. They sent him to a women's prison because he identifies as a female now. Because, of course, they did. And before you could say, Bob's your uncle, 
he was accused of repeatedly preying on women in the prison. What a brilliant idea. Then there's the Dem there, there was Demi Minor in New Jersey. The trans convict was one of hundreds of men claiming to be a woman who were set to female prisons in the Garden State. This guy impregnated two actual female prisoners at the facility and then admitted to the deeds. And, you know, how is it that women can suddenly get other women pregnant after all these millennia? His own mom told reporters she thought her son was a psychopath. And the, the point of this is this. You can look at these stories and others like them and put them in context with the statistics from Wisconsin. And if for some reason a significant number of self-identified transgender women who are convicted of crimes have demonstrated a particular propensity towards sex crime, isn't locking them up in a facility full of women who can't get away just about the worst idea possible. And yet, it just keeps happening. In Illinois, a female prisoner was raped by a trans prisoner who was transferred into the facility. Then she complained to the staff about it. How does that actually, how does that actually play out when you complain about being raped? How would that conversation go? When she complained about it, she was pressured into dropping the charges, and then they turned around and hit her with a charge of filing a false complaint. Why do we keep doing this? And, you know, I know it isn't we that keep doing this, but are we supposed to feel apologetic about locking up a convicted male sex offender with, with other men just because he now claims to be a woman? Oh my, I have a text that does not like me. You are a hateful person and God will judge you for your words and actions. I don't know if that's actually for me, just based on the uh, area code. Is that actually for me? 7067, is that actually for me? I'm hateful for pointing this out. <laughs> See, I'm not, I didn't do any of this. This is the thing I love. This is where they, you, these are the same people that say, hey, hate the game, not the player. Don't kill the messenger, that kind of stuff. And then they come out and they come this way. CNN gets out there and says, when you put transgender women in male prisons, they might be, they might be sexually assaulted there themselves. Uh, yeah, okay. Yes, that was meant for me. Well, good. I'm glad to know that. That's fine. I don't mind God judging me, pal. Or girl. Or whatever you identify as. Are you non-binary? Are you a furry? What do you identify as? God will judge you as well. He will judge us all. I'm content to let that happen. Are you? Are you? <laughs> okay we got to go pay a little attention to jennifer granholm before we take the day off this is news talk 98.9 word
Got to do a little time management here. Get everything in. That's my job. So we're going to the phones, straight to the phones to, I guess, never Trumper. What can I, I can only imagine what we're going to talk about. What's up? Hey, uh, Bill, thanks for taking my call from your, uh, your favorite token uh, leftist, as you might call me. Hey, what do you, what do you think really are the chances of Trump winning a general election? Given that, uh, I personally don't know any of my, of my, uh, friends on both the left and the right that know anyone that had voted for Biden and is going to pivot to Trump in the fall of 24. Well, probably a lot of people in Hawaii are going to pivot to Trump in 2024 if he's the nominee. Well, even there, it's such a dominant blue state; it still won't 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 matter. But no. I'm but I'm talking about the states like you know Michigan, Arizona, Wisconsin, Georgia, Pennsylvania, all these swing swing, swing states. I mean, you got uh, you got some of the candidates uh, t- talking about trying to raise the voting age to age, you know, twenty five. So you got more eighteen year olds being uh, minted. And more old people that generally are conservative dying. Where where are these people going to come from? Well, I don't know. Do you think do you think history predicates the future? In some cases, yes. Okay. So the, so in the last the, election, uh, when Trump got seventy five million votes, which was eleven million more than he got in the first general election when he was elected, do you think that was a fluke somehow, or do you think that that what, what do you think what what caused that? No, I I. I I think he had a, a lot of lot of support, a lot of people that that didn't didn't vote in 20, 2016 and thought of Biden as being a, a threat came 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 out and voted. But I also think that you know you also had on the other side folks like folks like me that would vote for you before I'd vote for Trump, or I'd vote for the guy in the car that's driving. But what is it? Okay. I'm just curious. What what is it about Trump that you just don't like? What is it about him? Well, what what a, what substantive thing don't you like about him? I'm, I'm not interested in anything he did prior to being president. What is it that yeah, he did no, no, as no. president you don't like? I I don't I don't think he showed strong uh, le- leadership. I think he came across as being tough and strong, but then when it when it uh, counted, I. I think he was not interested in a leading. And and what what are we what what obscure, nebulous thing did he not lead? Well, you look at you look at the uh, foreign foreign uh, uh, affairs. You uh, look at him ceding Syria to uh, Russia. You uh, you uh, look at him uh, signing a pact with the uh, the. Uh, uh, Taliban in uh, Doha to get out of um, Afghanistan without any real plan or any kind of conditions, and then Biden took it and screwed it. So, well, no, he 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 made conditions to them, right? He went to he went to North Korea and said, you know what? If you get too too rowdy, I'm just going to incinerate you. And everybody believed him. Everybody believed well, him. Because... And one thing he didn't do is he didn't get us involved in any more foreign conflicts, which takes an awful lot of money. It takes an awful lot of money, a lot of projection of force. And then we get into these quagmires 
like uh, Afghanistan, where we never really had a clear... I mean, Afghanistan's the size of Texas. Most of the guys we were fighting, if you showed them a toilet, they would have thought it was an alien. And we couldn't beat them. We could not take them down. And he was making the plans to get out, and then Biden sort of messed those up, just like you just said. But besides that, what is it about him that you just absolutely don't like? Because well, we weren't... We, that, okay. Yes. All right. Other... Other than that, my, I think, significant tipping, tipping point was prior to um, the, the 2016 uh, November elections when he mocked the one uh, uh, reporter that had MS or had some kind of a physical disability. And he you know, mentions my name. He starts shake, you know, shaking and like he had it. I, I thought that was very, very... Uh, demeaning of a person that, that is meant to, to lead everybody. That, that was, was that, that was him. Moment. That well, I, without knowing the context of this, what I would say is that one one thing that a lot of people didn't like Trump for was he he read the rules for radicals that were used against Republicans for years and years and years and kept them in his back pocket, and then he made them play by the same rules. He. Gave what, what, what are these he, rules, Bill? I don't, I don't understand. Well, go look them up. Go look them up. The radicals. No, oh. I, I mean, I have actually heard you talk about them, but the, the it's a book. Is, is it's the not them. It's a. It's not. It's not a them. It's a book. Is a dirty sport. Sure is. Politics is dirty, and both sides play dirty. That's right. So the Republicans well, play no. dirty. The Democrats play dirty. The Republicans don't play as dirty as both, they should. They're not playing dirty oh, enough for sure. me. All right, I, so. I want to see some bloody hey. faces and some busted knuckles. That's what I want to see. No, I like to see a good, a, a good uh, debate to uh, talk about uh, health care. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the uh, repeal and replace. You have that. Big there, there is no replace. Uh, I'm, I'm running out of time. You, you need to recap. You need to reformulate why you didn't like him because you never really told me that. I mean, it's okay not to like him. I get it. I understand. If you want to call back, I'll be back in about 22 hours. And this is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.